Hello and welcome back to another episode of T-Coops Talks. I'm your host, Tiffany Cooper, and I talk about anything and everything that speaks to me on a spiritual level. And today I am joined with the one, the only, magnificent NBA Cooper. Hello, listeners. More pep in your step, please. Hello, listeners. Yes, it's fabulous. So we're going to just jump right in. So NBA Cooper, what are we talking about today? When your internet doesn't work and then you have to watch free-to-air TV, the downfalls, the, the, the down downfalls and the, you know, the, just the negative, oh, it's just a disaster. And why is that the case? Why have we had to watch free-to-air television? Well, our internet just didn't work. <laughs> it, just- I mean, you can't really watch TV on 4G. You just go through so much data and it's slow loading. But the thing is, like, even though our internet wasn't working and I have 4G and I have, like, 100 gigs a month, I was struggling to get reception at home. Well, not only did we not have any internet, I don't think it – I think the weather played a big part of it because it was just so wet and water must have got into the cables. So that's the boring stuff. But um, I actually put a uh, thing up on my personal Instagram story about, like, you know when you've hit rock bottom when you have to start watching free-to-air television, and I was amazed by the amount of people who thought it was really, really funny. Um, so since you were the pioneer of watching the free-to-air television – What shows and um, TV channels were you watching, Ember? Well, I try to have a look at the ABC. The reason why is because there's no ads. And my second choice would be SBS, the different variations of the SBS shows. Uh, They have some ads but not as many. And then if I was going to watch any commercial TV stations, I found Nine Now or Channel 94 and I tended to watch House Hunters, especially the international. Yeah, the international ones are the absolute best. I think there's one that really comes to the top of my head, um, which is the one that – so there was this lady who had a budget of $1.4 million. It was somewhere either in America or Canada, and she wanted a spiritual retreatment place. And um, she wanted a massive house that was on a, a massive block of land. It was more than like two acres. It was like farm-like land, wasn't it, Ember? Yeah, it was up in sort of like a bit of a mountainous area. And, yeah, I think she had like about a couple of million dollars in her kitty that she yeah. could use. And it was going to be her second home mm. or it was like a retreat. So she was into all this fire walking and all this other sort of stuff. And she want she anyway, she went through a couple of these homes and needless to say, we never choose the right homes because they, they give you three options. And we, we suck at it. We are really, <laughs> so really bad. bad. We would always choose which one we thought and then that was hopeless. So we thought, well, let's see, let's choose two that they possibly might select. We still would get it wrong. It, it, we even like did plans like uh, you would go, I'd take one, you take the other one and still manage to get it wrong. But we did get it right for this one. Yes. We did. We nailed it. And the thing that got us at the end that I feel like I could have fallen off the couch laughing was the reason why was the, what was the reason 
she picked that house, if you can remember. It was one particular thing and she said it dead seriously and we, we cracked it. We couldn't stop laughing. Yeah, it was a sculpture, wasn't it? It was a sculpture of what animal? A bald eagle and she said that was in a very, very deadpan like, voice. De- very serious, very deadpan. She said that was her spirit animal. <laughs> me on a spiritual level so seriously it was it was very very serious oh my <laughs> oh but the fun fact i don't know if you realize but when they film those shows mm. whether it's mm. in america or overseas they have these three houses or properties that they're looking at in real life they've actually they're in the process of purchasing one of those properties yeah i've heard that and so they obviously have to uh play along and act as if they they try to make it that that they not steering the viewers into one particular property because that would be like a dead giveaway. So oh, I think yeah. it's kind of like a, a guessing game at the end of the show. Sometimes you get it right. Which is not very often. Oh, uh, not for us. No, not for no, us. no. And, but, but they are actually in the process of getting these properties because if you are going to be buying something, it does take some time. It, it mm. takes at least – maybe a month or so. Yeah. And depending on the contract, whether they're going to be purchasing or whether they're going to be renting because they then do that sort of follow-up, oh, you know, like six weeks later or three months later. three months later or three weeks. Like they don't give you like a six or 12-month update. It's usually like a month or three months, I mean three weeks or something. It's not a particularly long period of time no, after. No. And, of course, they're all smiles and they say, oh, this is wonderful and all that sort of stuff. What happens if they literally said, oh, this was the worst thing I ever did? Like, I think that would really spice it up. Well, I don't think they would actually even show those ones. Oh, no. I was telling you about this. I don't know whether it was an actual TV show or not, where um, the home renovations where people come in and gut the house and like 60-minute makeover. That yes. kind of thing. I, yeah. I always used to think it was 60-second makeover. I don't know how much he'd get done in 60 seconds. But there was one thing, and I don't know whether it was real stage, where these people came in and redid this woman's room and they straight up hated it. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't, they couldn't hide their emotions. They were, like, so fed up and so angry and miffed. <laughs> it was the funniest thing ever. I like to be in one of those rooms that they do up in 60 minutes and actually have a closer look to see what the workmanship really is like. I think it'd be absolutely shoddy. Like how how well can you do – like how, how fast can you paint a wall and do a decent job? Well, that's right. We know somebody who was involved in one of those sorts of shows, probably down south, and – they actually had to fix everything up after the mm. this show had been in. I don't know. I think I, I don't know whether it was their home or a rental, but uh, you know, they were not impressed. I remember them saying that. Uh, I wonder what it's like on the block. I don't know. Like they, I know that these houses on the block sell for like over a million dollars, but I rewatched the block not that long ago and House Rules, and I was 
beyond infuriated watching the show. Well, it's just too much drama anyway. But, no, 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 uh, it's the design. It was absolutely atrocious. Oh, okay. Like, like there was no consistency with the design. Like, for example, there was one person who I can't remember what the theme was, but they wanted, like, let's say – and Neapolitan ice cream colours. And that was the thing, like that was the main main central theme that every team had to create on House Rules. And then every single room was a completely different style. There was no continuity whatsoever. Oh, right. It it gives me an actual headache. Like as a kid I really liked those types of shows, but now because I've studied design I see so many flaws and I can't unsee it. So was this this the one house? This was one house. So they had, let's say, six rooms, but all – Every single room was a completely different style, even though they had a brief of what these clients wanted. Oh, oh, oh that would be that nasty. Was gnarly. And I think I rewatched the block and I thought the drama was annoying. But they too face the same problem. There's no continuity throughout the design. So let's say they have one room that's a very boho chic, and then the bathroom is like a very art deco, like there needs to be that consistency throughout because really when you're selling a house in the long run, it's got to be consistent and not all over the shop. I think the bathrooms and the kitchens, they have to be done exceptionally well because those rooms are the most expensive to do because of the plumbing and just all the fixtures, whereas a bedroom, well, you know, you can change the colour of the walls and the curtains and maybe the floor coverings. Mm. But once again, they're under pressure and they have to get all these things done and it's not good. But anyway. It's just, oh, I just, I can't watch them now. If you asked nine-year-old me, I would have watched it. But now... I just can't. I cannot bring myself to do it. So bringing it back to the countertops, what's one of the most uh, picked out thing about in House Hunters? It's either the cabinets or the countertops. Or bench tops as we say. Yeah, what's it's the same thing. It is the same thing. They're Americans. But they always are like, it should be granite. It should be it. Like who cares? I must say that some of these houses that they look at, they are a bit of a hodgepodge of designs. Oh, absolutely. And you think, oh, they're wanting um, top dollar for all these, yeah, very, very unusual, let's put it that way. And I, one thing we love is when tourists or people who want to live in Australia because they think they want, what do they want? They want the, the, the biggest house possible close to the beach, that's walking distance, and then when they get to all these houses, they're like, where's the appliances? Oh, that's so funny. Where's the fridge? Where's the washing machine? And they're like, where's the microwave? Oh. And the agent, you know, with a big smirk on their face said, oh, you'll have to buy them yourself. Oh, it gets, it really is like eating humble pie for them. It is. It's so funny. <clears throat> and they think that Australia, they don't realise the size of Australia. They think it's very, very, I don't know, I don't know. For either if they're Americans, they must think we're a backward nation. <laughs> or the Europeans who come, they don't realise the size of the place. I, I remember when I was on a plane coming home from Italy and some people were asking me, can I duck over to New Zealand for the weekend? Mm. I kind of didn't know what to say because I'm thinking 
it's not like flying over to Italy. Like if you're like in the Netherlands or something like that, it's not. It's not like that. This is vastly very big. Well, that's right. You can drive for two days in in Queensland, and you're still in Queensland. It, that's how jolly big it is. Mm, that's right. But we definitely love that when you know tourists come and think Australia is really cheap. Yes. Oh, whoa. They th- they want um I think rent. It's not very often they want around the fourteen hundred mark, and there's not really a lot that let's say you can get a fourteen hundred um, near the city. Or near the beach, it's very, very rare, um, to say the least. So they really are going in and viewing Australia through rose-coloured glasses, and actually fail to realise what the market is like and how expensive it is. Yeah, there was a two American girls, and they wanted to live in Melbourne, and they thought that they wanted to live in all the hip places like mm. St Kilda and. I don't know, all the other places. I don't know, that's the only one I know of. And they had no idea the prices of what these places were like. It's like, you know, us going to get get a, a unit in Manhattan and think, oh, oh yes, we'd like a, a unit on Fifth Avenue in Manhattan. Oh, my you know, And we want, only want to pay $100 a week or something. <laughs> well, maybe $1,000 a month or maybe $1,500 a month. I mean, sorry, that's probably $1,500 a day. Oh, yeah. Mm. Sorry. But anyway. But other than people coming to Australia and wanting to pick places to live, I I feel like the people on the show genuinely really annoy me and I would prefer to watch House Hunters on mute. Well, that's right. You could do your own dialogue. (laughs) And then some of the real estate agents, I'm sure they have to bite their tongue because (laughs) these people who they – or clients that they have to take around, they want everything for nothing. But we did come across one real estate agent who really gave it back, who was very, very sassy. We loved it. And uh, this was in the lady and she was in the Netherlands and she, <laughs> she, she was so funny. Like she made that episode because the I think these Americans wanted like in, in, uh, in the Netherlands, especially in let's say Amsterdam, room is valuable because all the spaces are really, really small. So here they are wanting X, Y, Z and this lady was like absolutely not having a bar of it. <laughs> It's so good. <laughs> and, oh, you know, we want a Jack and Jill sink and, you know, we want a big living area, open spaces, and their budgets just don't accommodate that. So, sorry, uh, but oh, this lady was – She gave she, it back. She certainly was. Oh, and legend. pure entertainment. Even yes. when they got out of the, the cities and more in, like, the suburbs, once again, oh, this is too far, we'll have to commute for 25 mm. minutes to work. Hello? It's only 25 Five minutes. minutes. Uh, it sounds like it's an hour and 25 minutes. But she was very, very sassy. Oh, she, she, she I think she needs to be in every episode. She oh, just definitely. Oh, gave it back. And I, I feel like if you asked her, do you regret what she said? And she'd go, no. Let's oh, no. Just thug mode activated. Well, they do say that the Dutch are very blunt. Yes, I'd agree. And they don't, you know. Uh, Fluff around. No, they don't. Uh, if A spade is a spade. And that's yes. what you need. Sometimes you sort of don't tell the absolute truth. You find out the hard way. Yeah, I find that I'm quite blunt, but I feel like I think especially when it comes to the world of business, you have to be blunt because if you aren't, you ain't going to get anything done. True. 
So but if it's done in a diplomatic fashion, that's absolutely. okay. Yeah. But, yes. So the next thing, um, again, talking about free-to-air TV, we said Nine Now is the channel to go, and they seem to have heaps of house reno shows. So if that's up your alley, check out Nine Now. Yeah. I think there's other ones too. And I think that might have been a Channel 7 one, 7 Mate. So if you're sort of not into all the drama, like as in like the reality drama, uh, but just, you know, true to life, there was one guy I watched and it was a, it wasn't a cooking show, but he went to all these cafes and pubs more in regional Australia and said, oh, you know, these are the best sausage rolls or meat pies or cream buns or whatever. And he ate them all. And then, of course, this place, I think it was a pub in Wagga Wagga, and it was like a kilo chicken parmesan platter. It was huge. Oh, my goodness. Because a lot of these pubs will have this huge plate, and if you can eat this food within an hour, you know, you'll get yourself a T-shirt or something like that. Anyway, he said he was pretty hungry, but uh, he did not meet the challenge. Why would you eat one kilo of chicken snitty? (laughs) That's a real question. Well, there was not only just that, there was chips and there was like salads and things like that. It was a platter. I probably could have fed four people. (laughs) Yeah, like I I could never imagine chicken snitch eating one kilo of chicken snitchy. No, he does like chicken schnitzel or chicken parmigiana, but... No. So that was okay and that was sort of very Australian and everything. But um, once again, you do have the ads, but I don't think you get as many on those other stations. But that was that was a Saturday afternoon. I, I feel like the ads are inevitable, especially but on the ABC, no ads. Well, that's right. Now, if you find a program that is suitable, that you like watching – ABC is the way to go because there's no ads, no annoying ads. And then, you know, once you've watched everything that you can on the ABC, really you then have to turn the TV off and maybe <laughs> talk to your family <laughs> or, or read a book. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't feel like as a like as a family we really watch a lot of TV or like I feel like we're always busily doing stuff. I like to watch some a bit of TV. I think you probably watch the most TV out of all of us. But then when you're all on your phones on 4G watching all the little videos, yes, um, you do watch a, a lot. So I think we all collectively watch a lot, but let's say if somebody came to our house, they'd go, oh, Amber's the one who sits in front of the TV. Well, I don't have to put my glasses on, do I? No, no goggles required. <laughs> <laughs> I actually watch Notting Hill which um, you were dead against, and I don't really know why oh, you were I dead just, against I it. I don't know if I was dead against it. It was just the, the first, say, 10 minutes of it. I went, oh, you know, it just didn't grab me, so I thought, oh, that's, that's I it. I stuck it out and I thought it was funny. But this this is the one thing that you reminded me about the goggles. So Hugh Grant's um, character, he wears goggles, glasses like us, because he doesn't have 4K visions, probably 820p, and um, he later down the track – some he has these actual like swimming scuba goggles <laughs> and they're prescription. Oh. And so he's going on a date with uh, Julia Roberts' character and he couldn't find his glasses, so he had to go watch the movie with the scuba goggles. Oh dear. That made that made me laugh. <laughs> so okay. he's in the cinema with those black goggles on. <laughs> 
I, I don't have scuba goggles, but I, I did appreciate that. And I thought NBA would laugh at that too. Maybe I, sh- I could watch Notting Hill. And I think there's that other one. Was it Four Weddings and a Funeral? I, I don't think I could watch that one though. Okay, all right. There's just some films that have very, been very popular that I haven't even watched. I don't know. I mean, sometimes you just can't watch everything. No, no. you got life to do. I, I, when I watched Notting Hill, like I knew that you weren't a massive fan of it, but I thought, oh, I'll, I'll see what it's like, and I thought it was fine. I felt like the ending was ah, oh, like a really like you felt like you deserved that ending. You know how some films oh. you go, uh, that was the ending. This one was like, yes. The ending. It was oh, like okay. one of those types of films. Well, don't tell me. I won't tell you, but no. it was. You felt really satisfied by the by the end of the film. Okay. All right. Well, maybe that's something that I need to investigate because you know, you like you've watched some films and then after at, at the end, you go, "Did I just waste an hour and a half? <laughs> I'll never be able to get that time back." Yeah. Then anyway. And I, I know that um, as a little squirt, I thought Hugh Grant was okay, like good looking. And then I rewatched, I watched Notting Hill, and I was like, was I delusional? Like maybe it's when you needed to start wearing glasses. Ebbet! <laughs> My goodness, Chicky Bear, you cut! I invite you on and you roast me, Chicky Bear. Like that Dutch real estate agent. Ebbet! <laughs> so nutty. <laughs> I was telling Stephanie I watched Not- Notting Hill and she liked it. Stephanie, that's my sister. Oh, okay. And um, like I, I, and then I said, oh, to her about like Hugh Grant, and I thought he, she, he was rather handsome as a squirt. And then I, as I got older, I was like questioning my life choices. Um, and she said, like for men, they don't really have to be super good looking to be deemed attractive, but it's not the same for women. Oh right. Yeah, like they said, if you're if a guy's really funny with a good personality, he's deemed attractive, but it's not the same for a woman. Well, that that wouldn't surprise me. Which I was like, I said to Stephanie right after, I said, like, why why is that? Why does it not exist for women? That's so rude. And she's like, I know. Mm, mm, mm. Like double standards, like shish kebabs. Very much so. And we did watch another film, Ember. So I watched Notting Hill and then right after we watched the Netflix film Along for the Ride. Oh, okay, yes. So can you um, briefly probably summarise what it does in 15 words or less? 15 words or less? Yeah, I'm, I'm putting you under the pressure, Ember. This girl, this senior uh, goes and spends summer with her stepmom and father and – learns about the joy of life. <laughs> that was so robotic. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think. I'm thinking of 15 words. I mean, that's more than 15 words. But, like, that, that gives an idea, like a I a high, a high school, uh, graduating school, high school, going to live with their dad for the summer, do some soul discovery. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And But it has a, a good storyline and it also has a message in it as well and it's actually a wholesome type of film yeah like it's something you could watch with your church pastor if they walked in the room yes yeah there's nothing you know that would is uh, saucy or anything like that and i think that a lot of um young people would find that film really quite interesting because okay it is classed as a teen film i wasn't mm-hmm. i wasn't aware of this when i first started watching Were it you and- okay with that yeah, it, was, it okay. wasn't like it was a typical teen film. Yeah, yeah. 
you That's know. why I thought you wouldn't actually wouldn't wouldn't mind watching it. What was that other one that we had about the girl and she was a little bit chubby? And that's on Netflix too. And who's in? Is it? Um, it's not. Miss I can't Julia. stop thinking about DJ Cinderella, but that's not it. It's. It was starts with a. Oh, I can't remember. Was it? It was a. Um, wasn't Julia Roberts in it? No, there was a a big name actress in this film, and she was the mother and the daughter. She was. A little bit on the chubby side, and she wanted to go. Dumpling? To- That's it. Yay! Got it. Was that Julia Roberts? No, that was Jennifer Aniston. And then there was an Australian girl, an Australian actress, and she played the character of Dumpling. Right. Yeah, that was not a bad film. I actually didn't mind that one. I thought it was. I find that a lot of films get really, like more modern films, have really complex storylines and subplots. And I feel like if you look at a film back in the OEs, it's just a really simple story, easy to digest, and you can simply explain what it is about in 15 words or less. Hmm. 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 So I just find that, like, maybe films need to go back to being simple and easy to watch. Like Gidget. What the heck is Gidget? Oh, <laughs> um, there was this character called Gidget, and I think it was the sixties, and they were, and she lived in the US, maybe in California, and it was the surfing set, and how she and her friends got up to a lot of fun. Simple concept, isn't it? Yeah, it was, and they they'd had like dance parties on the beach and played beach volleyball. Yeah, well, one of the things that I like watching is movie trailers on YouTube and that's how I discovered that amazing um, one called Real One Entertainment and they summarise the whole movie in two minutes. Excellent. Go and check them out. But when I watched Along for the Ride, the trailer on YouTube, and I read through the comments, like people liked the film, but a really interesting point that was brought up was that a lot there's a lot of teenage films focusing on where – like what do they do when they finish school, what direction they go in. And they said, why can't they make films for people who are in like their mid-20s, early 30s facing that same dilemma? And I thought that was a really interesting point because, you know, they always are catering to that teen audience, but really there's some 30-year-olds who still don't know what they want in life. Oh, definitely. And I even would say that there's people who are even older than 30-year-olds who don't really know what they want in life. Even though they've got more experience, Mm. they still are unsure of who they are. But I thought like when somebody brought that comment up, Mm. I thought that's a really good one because let's say I've seen some where they have that focus on people in their mid-20s, early 30s, but there's a lot of like let's say drug usage in those films and I'm like you don't need drugs to, you know, dictate your decision on where you should go. You should be able to think clearly with a sound mind about where's the trajectory of the next step in your life. And the other, well, the other thing is not everybody uses drugs. I know. So they're very much marginalising their their target audience. And I feel like, like really, you, your story should be good without any like substance, no, like without like right. you know mm. medical bad substances. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to have any sort of illicit substances um, in films. There's a, and I think when they put those sorts of items in films. 
they're actually creating a seed in people's minds that, oh, I'll need to go and try all this out. So when you see something, it's like, yeah, seeds planted in your mind and people, it's like monkey see, monkey do. But we don't want this monkey do. No. Don't do drugs. No. Mm-mm. But no. I, it, I think that's one thing that frustrates me because I've watched a few films. I didn't tell you them because they weren't worth rewatching, and it's the same thing. Like people around twenty five to thirty five, and there's just this drug usage. And I was like, what? like, because I, I feel like I watch a lot of kids' films. I, I, <laughs> I watch a lot of kids' films, so I was really shocked when I saw that a lot of these films had a lot of drugs in it. I was like, my, like, what? Like, I was really quite spun out because I was like, that's not necessary. Hmm. Hmm. But anyway, but that's the joys of when you do have internet, you can pick and choose what you want to watch. Yes, and I'm very excited. It's not out yet, but Lupin or Lupin is going to be having a season three. Oh, okay. So that's one show that we've spoken a lot about on this show is Lupin. It's excellent. Great story writing, but don't watch or don't play Mario Kart because you ask too many questions and then NBA will get really biffed at you. Another, um, before we um, go off and talk about something else, another show that I watched when I didn't have any internet was Escape to the Chateau. Oh, I thought you were going to say Escape to the Country. No. That's, a, that's an excellent one. I just know that my next-door neighbour's mum would watch Escape to the Country and she would be on her exercise bike watching the show and I thought as a kid that was an absolutely boss move. Oh, okay then, yeah. So, yeah, Escape to the Chateau was quite interesting. I saw a couple of episodes of that. But, Do you think uh, we have chateaus here in Australia or that's just a, a European thing? Well, Chateau is sort of like a big manor house and Chateau is like a French word for a um, – like a big mansion type, and it's an old, yeah. Well, chateaus they even have. Well, actually, they would have chateaus, and they're like those um those high pitched roof buildings in ski resorts. Do we need a ski resort now? Oh, we've got them down south. Oh, no ski resorts in Queensland. A bit no, useless. no, 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 no. But they're called chateaus. But uh, it's, it is a, definitely a French word and this escape to the chateau was this uh, old house, like an 18th century house. I know it had 45 rooms. Holy moly, what are you going to do with 45 rooms? Well, I f- believe that they would hire their this part of this building out for weddings. Oh, well, I still don't think you need 45 rooms for one wedding. Shish kebabs. No, but they live there as well. Ah. And they had quite a number of acres and there was other buildings on the on the property as well. And they may have I don't think they did like an Airbnb, but I did read yesterday, because we now got internet, whoa, that you could go and work there to make sure the grounds look really good and you could pay seventy five pound to go and work there. You have to pay to work there. Yeah, just to have that whole experience. So I don't know whether they have people knocking on their doors. I'm not really sure. but I, I don't think I'd be knocking now. <laughs> Can I mow your grass, please? I really want to mow that grass. Yeah, well, something like that. So uh, I believe that they are they're moving on to another project. So maybe they're going to sell this. No, so I'm assuming if you're going there, no bringing your golf buggy to churn up that grass. <laughs> 
No, no, no. But we're talking about once we did get back onto the internet. Oh, are you talking about the thing last night? Yeah. Oh, my goodness, yes. Like there's these in Amsterdam, there is these little, little cars. They're probably half the size of a smart car and you People drive them around in Amsterdam. They go down the, the bike lanes. You can park them on the footpath and they have a particular name. I can't, I can't remember, remember the what name. they were. Oh, but they're, they're so cute. Very, very cute. And they, but they're worth about 15,000 euros. So they're, they're not very expensive. So if you were like in a wheelchair and they were actually designed for people who have mobility issues and they can go drive all around the, the place. And they won't get wet, and I guess they don't even really need to have to consider not consider other people, but having to ask to for people to take them to A to B. I think it's honestly genius. I love and I love the little micro number plate at the back that they got to have. And they were all all electric cars too. I don't think I think some of them are electric and some of them are petrol. Not all of them. There was two brands and one brand was all electric and the other one probably was like fuel. Yeah, and then so one type of car was predominantly designed and used by people with mobility issues and then there was the other brand and that was just for people to, you know, zip around in Amsterdam because – uh, some of the streets down near the canals are not particularly wide. They're, uh-uh. they're cobblestone. Remember when we went screaming down that uh, in that taxi in, in around Amsterdam coming oh. home from that bar that we went to? Oh, I don't really remember that. I just remember looking at ways to make sure he took us the fastest oh, way. okay. It was still an expensive journey, but that doesn't matter. I'll, you were you're sick as a dog and you uh, wanted to go no, home and ASAP Rocky. Yeah, I wasn't feeling – I didn't particularly want to walk back to the train station. No. And and I, so I hailed down that black Mercedes. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I actually want one of those cars. What, the black Mercedes? That too, but <laughs> the, little- the little brooms. It was so cute. You just like little things. Oh my goodness! Like I, I would love to whip around on one of the one of them in the roads, but I don't think it's ideal for Australia, but definitely ideal for Europe. Well, that's only in the city areas. Oh yes, because if you were going down the the motorways here, you'd probably get. Uh, well, I, I don't think your top speed would be a hundred kilometers. No. no, probably about sixty kilometers an hour would be the top speed, perhaps. And it's like you would. <laughs> Now, and I don't know how far you could go without, say, having to get it charged or going to get it refueled up. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be a very big fuel tank, I can no, assure but, you. Oh. It's probably the size of a ride-on mower. So do you reckon you would want one of those whips for your own? No. No? No. I think it would be great, though. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's better than a bike because you wouldn't get wet. Do you reckon Stephanie would be like, oh, can we? Can I get one? I reckon she could put the dogs in there. <laughs> I don't think there would be room for the dogs. No? No, unless uh. they, they start to learn to drive. <laughs> <laughs> and there's Ranger behind the wheel. <laughs> well, that's right. I know, I know he's a smart dog, but um, I just don't really think that. <laughs> Ranger with a driver's license. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't think there'd be there's only enough room for one person. And then put Maisie on top of the roof. Oh gosh. No. No. 
We actually saw these little cars when we were in Amsterdam. We just thought they were really cute. And then when we watched the video last night, it was like, oh, it was like a light bulb moment. Like, now we get it. Yeah, that's right. But I would have to say that we really needed that car when we went to Brood, like that last place, or Ypres. And it was the like the oh. most narrow way, and I could like stretch my arm and my leg out, and I was touching the walls. I think that car, that little baby brooms, would have been ideal. Yeah, but you wouldn't be able to put any luggage in there. That's the other thing. So. I think um, all three of us have a little brooms. Let's go, boys! <laughs> and then we <laughs> and then we put. <laughs> I don't know what it would be like going up a hill or a mountain because we the, took all the, the country roads. We couldn't be. <laughs> I know when we had that Hyundai i10, oh it goodness. was a bit of a strain in France when we had to go up some of those hills because it's like, there get is get out and push almost. There is no hills in the Netherlands. Maybe a little bit of a rise, but that's about it. But <laughs> but anyway, what is this? A city for ants? <laughs> yes, very much so. I literally love that. So is there anything else you need to add from your um, TV free-to-air experiences? And then the next question will ask you, how do you feel having Wi-Fi back? Well, I believe I know that we now have lots and lots of free-to-air TV stations, even though there's variations of 10, 9, and 7, and even ABC and SBS. There's actually a program called Peach, like a TV program called Peach. I think that's a Channel 10 spin-off. But like why why Peach? I don't know. The a random one. name. Anyway, I do I still think what people are able to watch is still somewhat limited. Oh yes. And so if you don't particularly like that particular genre, well, yeah, too bad. So I I really think that Free-to-air TV is really going down south very quickly and it would be interesting to know how many people even watched the Logies last Sunday night. I didn't even know the Logies were on. That's how... Well, it hadn't been on for the last two years. I didn't miss it. No, I don't think anybody did. I know that the Academy Awards or the Oscars... The their ratings was terrible, a, abysmal. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Logies would be was similar ratings because I think so many people are switching off free to air TV because first of all it's the ads, mm. secondly it's the type of programs. And three, I think it's like the hidden agendas that a lot of these programs are trying to push. And people just want to turn their TV on, whether it's watching the footy or the cricket or whatever it might be. They just want to watch sport. They don't want some sort of political agenda in um, un lying, uh, you know. They they had to watch sport, nothing else. And I think this is where your pay TVs like your Netflix and your Stan and your Binge and all those sorts of other shows, um, TV shows, not TV shows. um, Um, Like... what do you call those um, TV stations? Um, paid subscriptions. Yeah, the subscription TVs. This is where people can really watch what they want to watch when they want to watch. Mm, and no ads. That's right. And I think it's the ads which is the, the killer. Uh, definitely. And even watching like YouTube and Rumble, I know that on YouTube you have ads. Um, not so You don't have it on Rumble that I'm aware of. And there's other uh, channels like Rumble as well that 
And I think we've just got such a greater choice. And I think when people watch something on television, they want to be either entertained or sometimes they educated. might want to be educated. Yep. But um, it's their choice and who is going to be presenting it. It's not like you know, your favourite presenter, but it's like what is their agenda because like a television or any sort of media outlet is a portal to, you know, some type of propaganda. I, my opinion on this is when it, like regarding the Logies, people probably don't want to watch it. Like if I were to watch the Logies, I'm only there to watch the fashion. But now I can go online and see all the fashion highlights without needing to sit through the entire show. Well, that's right. There was one fellow who was in Neighbours, and I think that's been canned after, you know, 30, Too long. 37 years or so. And he was uh, a little miffed because – their table was behind like the camera stand and they didn't see any of the logies because they were behind you know, all the all the infrastructure that they needed for taking the, the, mm. the filming and he was not impressed he said they the people from home and away came up to them and said oh we feel really bad for you because of what's happened and you've got to remember I know home and away and neighbors uh, we've all watched them I used to watch. Uh, neighbours back in the in the Kylie Minogue days. Oh my goodness! Yeah, but they have been great uh, launch pads for, for actors and that. Yeah, so there's lots of people who we know about, like you know Delta Goodrum and Kylie Minogue and Craig McLaughlin Even, and um, Guy Pearce, Chris Hensworth, all yeah. these big names that we hear about now. They've all started on either Home and Away or Neighbours and those sorts of shows. So I really don't think that. Um, the Logies is particularly popular. I don't think anybody really cares. It's- I actually don't think people care about award shows full stop, whether it's Australian or American. We've just kind of given up. We don't care. If we want the highlights, we get the highlights on an, in, in an article which we can watch in probably less than two minutes. Yeah, but- so if you find out oh, who got the gold Logie. Go, okay, oh, it was Hamish Blake. He was a legend. Yeah. Boom, done. I don't um, need a that, fluff that's on. All, that's all you need to know. Yeah, that's what most people want. So I I do think, and I think it's a worldwide thing, I think people have had enough of um, free-to-air TV. And awards programs. And awards programs, that's right. I mean, really, unless you're really into all that sort of stuff, but the average Joe Blow, they Don't give a flipping hoot. They couldn't care less. And so I think um, they just need to realise that, that it's just basically um, it's a belly-rubbing exercise for the people in the TV industry. Yeah, well, I don't think we're going to be invited back, are we, Ember? <laughs> That's all right. It's okay. I, I I can do other things. Well, I I only am interested in the fashion, and then as I said, you can follow these people on Instagram or, let's say. Vogue Australia puts things up and go, yo, these are the best dressed and that's it. Like I don't need to sit through a program for three hours when I can get it in probably like, you know, three seconds. So I think the world is changing and I think the other thing is that that with it, like to wrap it up, I just don't feel that the people in media, like in television, don't see like the internet as a massive competition, but they really should see it as a very big competition because it's really shaped the whole landscape of media and the storytelling behind it. Um, 
for such a long time, people think, you know, people like YouTubers are not something to be taken seriously, but a lot of them have been far more influential than anybody has on in, like a free-to-air television. So, for example, people like Casey Neistat was immensely influential on the whole entire platform and changed the whole scope of vlogging. So he was really, you know, he pioneered instead of telling, showing and they still don't see that YouTube and that plays a massive role. And I think um, with a lot of talk show TVs like uh, James Corden and The Tonight Show with like Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmelin, whatever, they still think it's a, a type of joke, the internet. I think really they're laughing a lot of money away because, you know, they keep seeing that it's not a, a big thing. It's a massive thing and it's staring them right in the face but they're not willing to adapt and really in business you can't stay still. You have to constantly be moving whether it's forward or backwards. Yeah, definitely. I think the media as as we know it is a sinking ship and a, a lot of young people and now a lot of older people I've definitely turned off the free-to-air TV. Uh, unfortunately, maybe those people who do still watch free-to-air TV are those who don't have the internet like what we did. So, <laughs> But we have the internet back and uh, we'll give you a review in the next episode about our internet usage. <laughs> <laughs> So that's the end of the show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of the um, episode. How, how do you feel you went? Oh, fine. Yes, I think so. I think maybe we've covered a bit more ground than what we expected. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining. Um, Hopefully you'll be available for next time, so I'll have to book you in. Okay, will do. (laughs) Okay, thank you for listening. Hope you have a productive – I said productive. Am I turning into a reptile now? Productive and successful day. Bye. Bye. Bye.